From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Thursday, November 18th. This week, President Joe Biden signed a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. It includes funds for Utah and a part of the country most in need of infrastructure, the Navajo Nation. Around 40 percent of those in the region lack running water. Justin Higginbottom reports on what this investment will mean for them. Isaac Matson grew up on the Navajo Nation near the Utah border. He would often visit family in Monument Valley, and he tracked the slow progress of basic services in the community. You know, when you go to your grandparents, you have to use an outhouse. You use a, you know, a, a tin wash basin to wash your hands, and you, you just got used to it. And now a lot of the areas that I grew up in now have running water. They now have electricity. When I was 10, that wasn't the case. You know, when I was 15, there wasn't any running water. It was, it's been a slow roll, and I feel very excited to see what happens New federal funding provides more than $200 million to bring running water to areas of the Navajo Nation. That money will likely go towards supporting the Navajo-Utah Water Rights Settlement Act, passed last year. The state bill settles water rights for the Navajo Nation in Utah and provides access to the Colorado River Basin. And it authorizes $210 million for water infrastructure on Navajo lands in Utah. Matson, who works for the Rural Utah Project, says this funding is about more than water. People need gas money to go get water. They need to make sure that they have time to go get water. Sometimes in these places, it, it takes two hours to stand in line while you're waiting for a spigot. That is time for them not to make money. That is time that, that they don't have to spend with their family. In this corner of Utah, taking a 10-minute shower can be a luxury. Laundry needs to be planned well in advance. And during the pandemic, some had to choose between isolating and hauling water to wash their hands. And how can we provide for ourselves if we can't wash our own hands? One thing that a lot of like Native organizations, they say is water is life. And it's true. I mean, as I say, you know, you need it every few days or you die. Navajo President Jonathan Nez, who has family that still lack running water, was at the Capitol for the bill signing and called the occasion historic. Agencies are awaiting more guidance on how exactly these funds will be spent. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. A recount is planned for Moab's city council race. During a special meeting this week, Moab City recorder Summer Johnson said during one point of the ranked choice voting, city council candidates Josie Kovash and Luke Wojciechowski were separated by just one vote. She says this triggers the need for a recount. So when we get to round three of this race, you can see that Josie and Luke are separated by one vote. And because that meets the threshold for a recount based on state code, we will be having a recount. Utah County conducted Moab's municipal elections this year. Their representatives will be in Moab on December 7th to conduct the recount in the city council race. Roseanne Mitchell is Utah County's elections director. As part of the recount, we go through and check everything. We're going to have those, I think there were three provisionals that we couldn't count. We're going to take another look at those. We're going to look at signatures on ballots where we said that the signatures didn't match. We're going to look at those again. There's just a whole process of everything that we go through. Mitchell says in her experience, recounts might change the overall voting data by one or two votes, 
but she says she doesn't see it changing the outcome of the election. The data currently suggests that Luke Wojciechowski won the second council seat and Jason Taylor the first. The mayor's race will not undergo a recount in December. Joette Langanese solidly won the mayoral seat. You can find a breakdown of the election statistics in the show notes of today's news. The Wyoming city of Kemmerer hopes a new nuclear plant can ease their transition away from coal. Judy Fays with Inside Climate News reports. Please give them another round of applause. Thank you very much. More than 100 people gathered in the heart of Kemmerer late last summer to celebrate James Cash Penny. Once he started his retail chain, coal miners didn't have to buy everything from their employers. Then the idea spread across America. Penny's spirit of innovation inspired city leaders as Kemmerer competed against three other Wyoming communities this year to host an experimental nuclear reactor. They wanted to save jobs as their coal-fired power plants retire early. We realize that's coming, but we want to mitigate uh, anything, uh, anywhere that we can to make our town not dry up and blow away. That's Mayor Bill Tech, who was scooping barbecue onto buns for the crowd. He blames the energy transition for coal's decline, and that's a big deal in Wyoming, the nation's biggest coal producer. And, uh, you know, when it comes to decarbonization, we're, we're not stupid here. We're hicks, but, you know, we're not stupid. Tech and other city leaders learned Tuesday they've been chosen as the location for a $4 billion electricity-generating reactor. The high-profile project was proposed by tech entrepreneur Bill Gates in partnership with Rocky Mountain Power. They hope Gates' company, TerraPower, can do what Penny did 120 years ago, turn this remote coal town on Wyoming's western high plains into a springboard for innovation. This is going to be extremely exciting for the state of Wyoming, uh, for Rocky Mountain Power and our customers, and in particular for the city of Kemmer and for the Mountain Power plant and our employees there. That's Rocky Mountain Power's CEO Gary Hugaveen speaking at Tuesday's announcement. And we're going to need to decarbonize, and as we go down that path, we see the Natrium project as being incredibly valuable to our customers. Natrium would generate 345 megawatts of carbon-free energy and help cut the company's greenhouse gas emissions. That's a big reason why Gates' company and Hugaveen's are both pushing for these new reactors. But sodium cool reactors like natrium are unproven, and they have their critics. Some question whether the new designs are as safe, reliable, and affordable as advocates say. Nobody's ever been able to make this particular design work to produce electricity economically and reliably. Allison McFarlane led the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission in the Obama administration. Over $100 billion has been spent perfecting sodium-cooled reactors since the federal government began experimenting with them in Argo, Idaho, 70 years ago. But the technology hasn't panned out commercially as water-cooled reactors have. This is a hair-on-fire moment. McFarland says the world needs climate solutions now and can't wait for natrium to be tested and licensed. We don't have 10 or 20 years. In Kemmerer, Optimism remains high, even though Rocky Mountain Power plans to close the nearby coal-fired power plant in 2025. Shofei Shermer is with the Utility Workers Union of America in Wyoming, and she says workers generally support the reactor experiment. They're watching to see whether state and federal regulators agree that natrium can be safely operated. In the big picture, 
if there's a way to do it and protect jobs, we're all for it. It's also a potential safety net for some of the 106 workers at Kemmerer's coal-fired power plant. There's still a lot of uncertainty and the workers look forward to having an opportunity to stay where they live, you know, the place that they clearly love, that they've been here this long. Federal matching funds for Bill Gates's reactor require that the plant is up and running in 2028. I'm Judy Faze for Inside Climate News and the Mountain West News Bureau. And that's the KZMU News for Thursday, November 18th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.